Awesome. Happy Friday. Welcome to Oddity Files. The podcast. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> Oddity Files. The podcast. Here it is. I ended up with a question mark because I was like hesitant because I was waiting on you to join me because last time I just forgot to join you. Well, <laughs> so hashtag Clayton even. shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we just got back from Salt Lake. Yeah, we did. And it was fucking amazing. It was very, very cool out there. I'm kind of in love with the city. It's gorgeous. Great brunch places. Just putting that out there. Went to something about a jelly jar and a pig and it was awesome (laughs) and we investigated in the fucking freezing cold which i thought we were above nope we are not (laughs) we are not above that almost lost my toes yes big toes couldn't feel them partway through (laughs) but it was really cool we went out to um scare factory fear factory fear factory (laughs) hold on we'll start that over we went no leave that in jim (laughs) (laughs) i will never call you jim again that just felt awful (laughs) Never. Suddenly I'm a 45-year-old man. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. But uh, we went to Fear Factory. Fear Factory. Which, okay. So when Clayton and I met, um, he was working at a haunted attraction in Seymour, Indiana called Fear Fair. And he was 12 years old. I was 30. There's nothing creepy, I swear to God. Um, but so we have this love for haunted attractions. Yeah. And this place was stunning. Unreal. The sets just... Everything, um, it's just next level. It really is one of yeah. the most incredible. And I mean, we didn't even see it with their effects on. Or just, lights or on, lights really. <laughs> and it was just very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. The creepiest part for me was the fact that they make you, I did not do this, but they make you walk across this graded catwalk. Yeah, that's easily 50, Five 60. million feet above the ground? <laughs> but it was crazy because like when you go up there... It is just like this graded metal cage. So like naturally it moves a little bit Mm-mm. while you're walking. Nope. And then there's another part that you can go out to that's a bridge that connects two parts of the building that's equally as high nope. with the graded floor. So you're looking down at like the concrete outside nope. and then you get like the wind coming through. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> but it's like, it's a really unique effect for a haunt. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, I'm afraid of clowns. It's like, I will not go that high. Right. There's, if I were going through that haunt as a as a paying customer. You would hold up the lines so I would much. hold up the lines. I'd be show me the exit. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a legit debilitating fear of Well, mine. and it's just something that's really cool at the same time because a lot of haunts don't have the ability to do something like that. Right. Well, and this was an old cement factory, which the aesthetics are just gorgeous and i love that the address is 666 whatever right. i know road it was on. we uh we had pizza delivered as usual um <laughs> to our investigation so healthy on investigations and entering the address i was like they had to have changed this like I, there's I no way this is what the ad- what the address has always been oh yeah oh and we found out something absolutely insane so this this uh place is right next to railroad tracks and like last September, somebody had died on those railroad tracks. So we were talking about um, 
naturally being a factory, there have been some deaths there. Right. Um, and none of them are just like, oh, they had a heart attack and died. It's like their arm got sucked into a machine. Or they fell off that great thing you were walking on. Someone fell off the great thing. Um, <laughs> Catwalk, that's a word so like, no factory deaths, just like, oh, they passed away. It's like gruesome, brutal. Yeah. Like, And so we were talking to the owner about that, and she was like, oh, yeah, actually just this past September someone died. And we were like, I'm How? sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, we were having a uh, like a staffing event um, for new staff for the upcoming season, and someone was just hit by a train. As I, I was getting ready to yeah. go out and shoot the drone footage because <laughs> she was like, yeah, a train comes by like twice an hour. It'd be cool if you like got a shot of that <laughs> and so i said i was like oh okay and then she's like oh but be careful because someone just died yeah what's so scary though because i remember i looked at carter i was like how the hell do you not hear a train coming like yeah anything's possible but like if it's a staffing event you're assuming they aren't like drunk or anything like that right. like how do you get hit by a train what is so crazy is that this place is right next to a four-lane interstate which right is so loud and it's very very loud so even while I was out there shooting the drone footage, I didn't hear the train coming. Well, thank God it's you not like on I was standing tracks. on the tracks. But still, I was because I was like waiting on it to come to get footage of it. Yeah, and then it just showed up. And in I your... was like, "Oh, the train's here." Yeah. <laughs> so, still, I mean, I think if you're on the tracks, but I don't know that interstate's loud. It's so loud. But it just adds to the mystery of the place. I guess it was fun though, and I really appreciate the folks at. Fear Factory letting us get in there, you know, in the middle of non-prime time. But uh, well, and what was we had really... some great evidence. We won't go over it now because this will be part of season three. Right. We don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Um, but what was cool, they said that no one had been in there since the season ended. Which is crazy. Which it's is... almost like being in a place that's never been investigated. Right. So we were excited going in. And it's been a while since we've... Like, really, really investigated. I, I felt a little out of practice. I know. I think we I all think did. I think my focus has been on this podcast. And we were all, like, getting sleepy kind of early. Granted, there was a time change. But still, was, we were just but like. still. But when you're frozen, sleepy. Yeah. And that, you all flew in that morning. Yeah. So. And I was up at, like, 4 a.m. that morning. It would have been a long day for you guys. Yeah. But, yeah, it was fun. We had a really, really good time. Um, while I'm speaking, I'm going to remind every single one of you to check out our social. We're at Oddity Files on both Twitter and Instagram. Also, check us out on Facebook. We've got a fan page called just Oddity Files, and then we've got a group called Oddity Files Fan Group. We're actually streaming this live into the fan group right now. So if you join this, maybe next time we're um, on live, you get check it out also we're going to be at horror hound on february no march 15th ish um which is the friday of horror hound make sure you get your tickets at horrorhoundweekend.com we don't have a time or a place yet but as soon as we have that we will let you all know on all the social sites also the ghost stories event that hillary burton and jeffrey dean morgan did i guess um Paul Rudd showed up. Oh, casual. Yeah, um, um, and other celebrities. But, you know, I'm a huge Ant-Man fan, so. That is very, very cool. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, and, it, and they sold out. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing. But, you know, if we helped in any manner, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure we had nothing to do with that. Any other things we should mention before I know, we I'm get to into? Think. 
my crazy story. I don't even know who goes first this week. Um, I know because we got we actually landed last night at like eleven ish. Got home and um, and then again time change. Yeah, woke up this morning and I was like, why do I feel like it's so early? Because it was yesterday. It's only a two hour difference. That just shows how little we've been traveling. Right. Usually it's like. We go overseas, it's like six hour difference, and we're like a little groggy, but fine. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's two hours, and I'm like, what is this sunlight? <laughs> and next weekend, we're on a cruise, which I never know what time it is when we're on a freaking cruise. Agreed. Yeah. It's like, I, I, is, it, is my watch right? Or But I also feel like it's not my responsibility to know what time it is on a cruise. Well, like, we're working. Oh, it, I know. That's so. the, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's the hard part. Is like it's a very hard. Part. You're in like a Can vacation. You just announce setting. every hour on the hour what what hour we're in. Oh here. my gosh! So last night after we got home, we were just like a little hungry, so we go to Kroger to just like get some Kroger. You sushi. have food in my freezer still. BT Dubs. Oh, true. Oh yeah, we do. Um, so we just go to get some Kroger sushi, and I, I um, love Kroger sushi. It's a, it's surprisingly good. Yeah, and. I guess they were like getting ready to do a floor change or something, so like they were closing at midnight. Starting at eleven thirty, they're like, "Attention customers, we will be closing in thirty minutes." At eleven thirty-five, attention customers, <laughs> we're closing in twenty-five minutes. They literally did it every five minutes. Well, they're usually open twenty-four hours, I know. right? So that I understand their right. sense of urgency. But we were like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> we get it." Oh, well, I'm happy to be home. It was a little warmer yesterday. You missed it. Great. Sorry about that. Apparently, you brought the cold back with you. Thanks for that. Doing what I can. Yeah. I do, I do feel kind of out of it again. I mean, ever since we started recording this podcast, we haven't done much traveling. Well, at least I haven't. That's true. No, and we haven't. now we've just gotten back and are heading out again next weekend. I know it. So I'm kind and of in panic And then it just mode. really starts to... But it took me out of my funk. Just getting physically out of my home. <laughs> Got me out of my funk. Well, and, it got me sick at first. But it cleansed out all the funk. It did. It cleansed. Maybe that's what it was. It, it was really... like the spirits were like, let's clear out all the bad juju, and it's going to come out your nose and your lungs. Yep. <laughs> Who did go first last week? Clayton, you did. Okay. Ooh. Are you ready for this? I am. Dun, 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 dun. This is called the... Uh, let me check the pronunciation. I can't even say pronunciation. The Dyatlov pass so quick story behind why i'm doing this story i was actually going to do it three weeks from now but i was bored one night and i started binging this series called unexplained files which is pretty much legitimately oddity files (laughs) and i was blown i mean blown away by this story i told absolutely anyone who would listen to me about it which includes chris and carter and, um, well, the dogs wouldn't listen to me, so I couldn't tell them. But I'm like, yep, I'm totally doing this story, but not until the other two I had already written were done. And then I open up Facebook the next day, and all of a sudden, this story is everywhere because they're reopening the investigation Whoa. on it. I mean, CNN was posting about the Giat Love Pass. So now I've shelved those two stories, and here <laughs> we are. Over 50 years ago, in the Russian Ural Mountains, in the winter of 1959, nine college friends decided to go on a 16-day winter camping trip. One, nope. Two, nope. Um, the so group, long. I know. And it was like minus 30. 
I'm just, anyway. So last week. And three, nope. <laughs> the group was made up of seven men and two women and were led by a seasoned guide, Igor Dyatlov. And funny story. So I watched, you know, this thing that got me all excited about it. And last night I'm watching like BuzzFeed Unsolved on it and things like this. And as I'm, you know, watching the first one, I'm like, what are the chances that the leader of the group's name would be the same name as the pass they were going through? Dyatlov Pass and right. Igor Dyatlov. Well, they named it after him. Oh, <laughs> so I felt a little stupid. Um, so they were all very experienced campers, campers who were well prepared for the freezing temps they would incur. Three, nope. Oh, I'm on four now, I think. That was just an unscripted one. Um, the rest of the group was Yuri Doroshenko. He was age 21. And next was Lumilia Dubin Dubin Inyana. She's age 20. Uh, Yuri Krivaneshenko, age 23. Alexander Kolevitov, 24. Zianadia Klomogroya, 22. These phonetically spelled are great. Um, <laughs> Rustam... Slobodin, age 23, Nikolai Trebobinola, he was 23, and then um, Alexander Zolotaryov, 38. That kind of creeps me out. Everybody's like early 20s and he's 38. I mean, eh. and then Yuri Yudin, who was age 21. Um, Yudin. He suffered from several health ailments, including rheumatism and congenital heart defect. So he turned back due to a knee and joint pain that made him unable to continue the hike. On January 28th, the group set out from a small outpost outside of Vijay, where the telegram and where and were. Sorry, I forgot an apostrophe. And they were to telegram their family once they reached their pickup point. 14 days later on February 12th. February 18th comes along and still no word from the campers. Friends and family become concerned, and rightfully so. A huge search and rescue operation um, is airlifted out to the mountains to try to find the kids. The rescue team quickly comes across the group's ski tracks, and they follow those ski tracks for two days until they spot high on a hillside their tent. And when they got to the tent, it was just torn to shreds. I mean, just completely torn to shreds. But after inspection, they figured out that it was actually torn to shreds from the inside out. So the campers were in the tent and just needed to fucking bolt. So they just kind of pushed their way through the tent. Um, There are so many theories and assumptions as to why that they kind of went from the inside out um, and so many questions about so many things that I'm about to cover, hence why this investigation is due for reopening. Among the things they found in and around the campsite, uh, there were no bodies near the tent, um, were diaries and cameras, and the campers were nowhere to be seen. Not far from the camp, they find footprints in the snow, not boot prints, but human bare feet footprints. And some of the tracks led them to believe that the feet were in socks, and that's it. Um, So they follow the footprints to the edge of a forest where they find 
the nearly naked bodies of 21-year-old Yuri Durashenko and 23-year-old Yuri Krivaneshenko, lots of Yuris, under a blanket near where a campfire had been, and they had died from hypothermia. Com- almost completely, pretty much in their underwear. Yeah. Um, but they still didn't know where everyone else was. So they airlifted in more volunteers to search. It's like, oh, we've found them. Let's find everybody else. And they brought in some trained dogs as well. As the search intensified, they find something half buried in the snow between the campsite and the edge of the forest. After uncovering what they saw, they discover its group leader, uh, Igor Dyatlov, frozen solid with severe injuries to his right fist, like his knuckles were bloody. This story is insane. Um, as though he had been punching somebody or something. And sadly, he was not alone. Less than 400 yards away, rescuers just uh, discover Rustem Slobodin, who also had injuries to both hands, as if he was in a fight, but also had a sk- serious skull fracture, fracture, as if caused by a blunt object. Whoa. And then they find Zina Klomagrova, she was found with blood around her nose, mouth, and her entire face. But they all and they all appeared to be fighting before they had died. But fighting what? They don't what? know. The three bodies were in a line as if they'd been killed one after the other as they fled. Fled from what? Right. This is so good. I'm I'm like pumping the story up. I hope you're not disappointed. <laughs> Um, This is when the search and rescue operation became a murder investigation. Right. Um, Now, with all those injuries, they still ended up dying from hypothermia. Um, The discovery of the last four bodies are what makes a dire situation even more terrifying. But this didn't happen until three months later and the spring thaw had begun. So they searched and searched and searched for the other bodies, and they just couldn't with the temperatures being so low and all the snow. Um, But when they went back three months later, they found the remaining bodies near a stream partially in the water. About a mile from where the tent was, they all lay together, bundled together. And this is something I forgot to add to the story, but when I watched those other um, programs on it, Apparently, why everybody else was missing all their clothes is because these people had taken those clothes to try to keep warm. And uh. yes, so they, there were theories that the two that were practically naked, that they were like that because once I guess you get hypothermia, your body feels like it's on fire. So they may have taken their clothes off, but there were no clothes in the campsite. But come to find out, they're like, oh, you know. Yeah. Pour one out for your homies. Sorry, you're dead, but give me your clothes. Right. <laughs> um, all four of these students were, however, found in much more severe injuries than any of the others. Nikolai Trebrobinoli, that sounds Italian, um, Alexander Kolevatov, Alexander Zoloteriov, and Lumila Dubanana. I know that's wrong. You know, Russian is like the sexiest accent, but I can't fucking, I can't it's, do accents. It's very difficult. It's stunning though. I love it. I think I blame Boris and Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Okay. So they had a culmination of broken ribs, 
fractured skulls, missing eyeballs, and horrific internal injuries so severe that they are compared to those sustained in a horrific car crash. What? Yes. Kolevatov's skull bones were exposed. His nose was broken. Zolotaryov had an eyeball missing and five broken ribs. Nikolai had fractures to his skull so severe that he would have been completely unable to move. Oh, my And gosh. the worst injuries were sustained by poor Lumia. I need to take another language. They found her tongue <gasps> missing and blood in her stomach, which means that her tongue had to be ripped out of her mouth while she was still alive, and she swallowed the blood. How fucking oh. terrifying is that? But, like, the rest of their bodies are there and, like, not... Correct. So correct. It's, not like... it's all, like, internal injuries right. except for this tongue. But I'm saying it's not, like, an animal that, like, did this and then, no. like, it's just brutal something and then their bodies. Yeah, like... exactly. Exactly. So um, w- here's my thing. What could be so brutal enough to beat these men to death but yet be so precise to where you can rip a tongue out of somebody's mouth while they're still alive. You know what I'm saying? So if it was a bear, yeah, you can throw bodies around this, that, and the other. But a bear can't like reach in your mouth right. and just pull your fucking tongue but out. Like I if even if it was a bear though, they would have like scratches and bites yeah, exactly. all over them. And there was nothing like that. So in the early 2010s, uh, the top secret files were declassified. So this was all top secret after it happened. Um, An investigation was being done right afterwards. And the investigator, um, here's what it all boils down to. Um, They went and um, talked to some farmers and um, some tribesmen that were out in the area just to see if they heard anything, saw anything. But I guess one of the nights they were up there, there were these crazy lights in the sky that nobody could explain so the investigator reported that back to his headquarters and they're like shut it down that's it we're sealing this up no more they shut down the um for people to actually go up there and camp and everything like that for three years what yes (laughs) tell me this isn't good (laughs) um but in 2010 they released those top secret files and these files included Photographs taken by the campers, photographs from the investigation, and diaries written by the campers found at the campsite. Some of the case files had some odd information in it. Apparently, the night of February 1st, strange lights were seen. Um, And I already covered that. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Blah, blah, blah. I have to burp. Maybe not. It's coming. Yeah, whatever. Um, Now, in the photos that were developed from the cameras found at the campsite that were owned by the campers. That's what I've been wondering about. There was a photo of these strange lights. And what it appeared to be was bright objects falling towards the ground. So you could see when the shutter was open that started up here and it kind of came down like this. You know, like dust orbs we catch with flash. That kind of thing. But so ridiculously bright you couldn't see anything but black behind it. Um, it appeared to be, okay. There were more than likely, 
These were more than likely a part of the covert military operation at the height of the Civil War. So apparently there was um, a military base out there where they actually had like the, the warheads and the nuclear bombs and stuff like that. So that's why everybody's assuming it was shut down. These lights were part of, you know, covert sort of operations. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or was it? But here's why I fucking love this story. <laughs> There's so many theories. But also in the developed photos taken by the students is a picture of what I think is the most prolific picture ever taken of a fucking Bigfoot, a Yeti, or a uh. Leshy, which I, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm so excited. <laughs> Leshy is the Russian word for Yeti or a snowman. It's another thing the Russians would call it, um, which is what the camps campers called him. In this group's journal, an entry by Luda says, we know now that snowmen exist. Whoa. So they've pretty much in the thing said, oh, we fucking found Bigfoot. She goes on to say the existence of a Yeti or Leshy or snowman is a hot topic amongst scientists. They think that he lives here in the northern Urals which is the mountains. So you want to see picture, the picture? Yeah. Oh, where's my mouse? That's a picture that was on one of the mm -hmm. cameras. Whoa. I mean, if you fucking stare at it, you're like, oh, maybe it could be this. But first thing you look at, that's motherfucking Bigfoot. Absolutely. <sighs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Okay, where was I? So does this photograph offer evidence that we've all been looking for? Is Bigfoot strong enough to kill with his bare hands? Or can a Yeti pull out a human tongue with its bare hands? I'm hoping that's what this new investigation into the Dyatlov incident will prove. Now, there are other theories, which I briefly mentioned, but they don't count. But here they are. Um, first of all, avalanche. It doesn't explain the missing tongue. Right. Um, second, Soviet test missile caused the deaths. Again, tongue ripped out of mouth. And absolutely nothing else in the entire area was disturbed, including wildlife. And finally, I'm sure your go-to, aliens. Which, this one I can get behind a little more than the others. Um, not because I'm a fucking weirdo, but just because nothing yes. else can explain this shit. Um, the lead investigator at the time was quoted as saying, I suspected at the time that the bright lights had a direct connection to the group's death. And that was the actual investigator. So I really can't argue aliens. I guess um, there were high levels of radioactivities all over, radioactivity all over the scene and the um, actual campers themselves. Whoa. And all the bodies um, were actually buried in... Uh, specific coffins that they think may have been lead coffins because of the radioactivity. Whoa. But either for the record, I'm totally team Sasquatch on this one. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I'm trying to think, like, could it have been, like, some, like, mass hysteria? You know what Who's I mean? Who's ripping out whose tongue? It's the tongue. It's, I know. Well, I and they're, so like, hung up on that. so far spread out. Yeah. But then if it's, like, Bigfoot... And they see the like the people footprints. Why don't they find Bigfoot? Footprints? But were they looking for Bigfoot footprints? I feel like they'd be looking for everything. I don't. In the fifties, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, aliens, honestly, is the most. 
it's all extremely odd. So wait, in the stuff recently that said they were reopening it, what are they, how are they going to try to look into That's it? That's what I can't get over. I mean, the crime scene, it's been over right, 50 years. Unless they're just going to go back through all the photos and the evidence they collected and things like that. I, I am super curious. That's crazy. What they're going to find out. But that picture, I was like, so I know. this whole entire time we've been doing this podcast, I am a big, Bigfoot fanatic. I have not found the right Bigfoot story, but that's why I was so fucking excited about this. I did not expect that. <gasps> I know. I'm sitting there watching it going, la, 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 la. what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Rush and Bigfoot. Lushy. Um. I need to add that to the... Bigfoot thing. Okay. So, there you go. Hopefully, we'll find out soon what ex- actually happened, but I doubt we will. Okay, so mine is creepy, and of course, I was like researching these at night, <laughs> and then, you know, when it came time to fall asleep, I was like, "Why did I choose to do this now?" <laughs> the Facebook haunting. Ooh, yeah. I'm even more intrigued. So, um, back in 2012. Um, this kid, he's in high school. His name's Nathan. His girlfriend died in a car crash. Mm. So back in 2012. Um, it had been about a year, um, since her death and like, obviously he began to move past it, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but what was weird is that her Facebook became active. What? Well, first thing I think is mom. Okay. Um, so according to Nathan, only he and Emily's mother shared admin privileges on Emily's Facebook account. Um, and they turned it into, um, like a memorial, like a memorial account. Yeah. Thank you. But when it became clear that it was not Emily's mother sending the messages, Nathan assumed one of his late girlfriends or just like mean people had hacked the account just to be shitty. Yeah. Because um, as people do. Right. But he soon realized that the messages Emily were posting were sourced from old chats and two of them, that two of them had shared back before she passed away. Okay. So he's like, okay, this is some terrible glitch, glitch yeah. that I'm freaking out about. But then it got even more weird when she started tagging herself in photos. <gasps> right. Goosebumps. This kept going on with... Um, her tagging photos and posting messages comprised of words that she had typed previously. So he's still thinking this is just a Facebook bug. This account's been like inactive for a while. Maybe, maybe there's some sort of bug going on. Um, but all of a sudden, the account started using original words. Fuck me. So, um, and the, he's posted screenshots of like all their uh, Facebook messages back and forth. And so, like, in some of the ones that he thinks are glitches, it's just, like, exclamation mark, the ne- like, negative 12. Um, and then, so she says, my jumper's in the dryer and it's really cold out, frowny face. Um, Was she British? Really cold out. Okay. Um, cold, cold, Nathan, cold. And that's all stuff that had been, like, they had said back and forth that – had been picked out of previous messages. Okay. And this is like Facebook chat. Correct. Okay. But then here's what gets weird. She says a word that wasn't from 
in all caps, freezing, and then I don't know what's happening. Oh my God. I am literally tearing up right now. <laughs> and the I don't know what's happening is terrifying. Um, so in his post, his um, Nathan reveals that the message left him unable to sleep and gave him terrifying nightmares in which Emily was trapped in an ice cold car, frozen blue and gray. And he said that he was standing outside in the warmth screaming for her to open the door. Um, but she doesn't realize I'm there. Sometimes her legs were outside with me. So he finally, the first time he ever comments back, it was like one night and he says, I'm really drunk. I miss you. Whoever's on this account, I don't give a fuck. I keep coming home from work and expecting to see you at the computer. Um, should I be used to that by now? And that account, her account responds like three hours later and says, just let me walk. So the just let me walk line affected him even more than the, I don't know what's happening because in the car crash, the dashboard essentially crushed her and it, this is how she died? Yes, okay. real life. And severed her in a diagonal line from her left hip to midway down her left thigh. Oh. And one of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. Oh, dear God. Yeah. So. That's like my worst fucking nightmare. But like for this account to say, just let me walk. Yeah. Like, yikes. Super scary. Um. So um, based on her p- plea to be let go, Nathan decided to memorialize Emily's Facebook page but it still wasn't enough for her to rest in peace because she sent um, Nathan another message in 2014. So, like, it died down, whatever. For two years. So, she died in 2012. He started getting messages in 2013. Okay, okay, gotcha. And this one, she posted a photo which was taken of him from behind a half-closed door. I'm fucking done. Swear. And so, again, nothing had happened, right? And so, like, he had... Again, just thought someone hacked it. Just not a cool prank at all. Um, but when he posted it, he said, it was taken at a time when no one else was in the house. That's my door. That's my computer. It's taken from outside. Help. And the photo, look, I like. I, Dude, I, I have, have been, little goosebumps Since you right started this, I am. And it's posted from the Emily, they've censored out her last name, Emily Blank Memorial. It's the photo of him sitting at his computer from like a window crack. And below it, it says freezing. Let me see. <laughs> I have to see. Oh, Jesus. Um, it's so hard to tell because, I mean, this entire story, hypothetically, Nathan could just be some freak and like right, have but I fabricated believe. this whole thing oh i absolutely do and i kind of just like stumbled upon this story because i was like there has to be some sort of like technology haunting or like yeah you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. i mean and then i found this and it's so scary oh my and it's God. um and i even tried to check so that was back in 2014 and it's literally just like died out i could not find anything like follow-up or him just being like yeah it was me or yeah. someone else coming forward um what the isn't that so scary but and he so when it first started he like went he just took to reddit and was like of course what could this be yeah could this be a glitch like what is this um yeah so crazy holy shit but he literally just like posted all the screenshots of the facebook messages um on there and then oh that breaks my heart though that she's so cold so 
she was, it was a car crash. Correct. Was it in the winter? What did they it's, elaborate on that at no, all? No, because it just said. Um, I just hope she wasn't so, underwater because that is legit my worst So the story ever. was all like came to light in 2014, um, which was two years. And that's all it says. It just says okay. a car crash two years ago. Mm, um, poor baby. So scary. Can you imagine like starting to get Facebook messages? One, like it just, it's terrifying if it is just a glitch because. Fuck you, Facebook. Imagine like that popping up in your Facebook Messenger. Oh my God. I would lose my shit. And then when you get, and then when it's like um, things that you can tell that were from previous messages and like single words from pre- previous messages, yeah, okay, it's a glitch. But yeah. then when tagging herself in photos and saying freezing and I don't know what's happening, it's terrifying. Terrifying. It, uh- it's like she's trapped in that moment forever, which is, again, everybody's worst nightmare. Right. Well, and like he said, I mean, it it really affected him, and he was having terrible nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. I know. And then I was like, oh, well, I guess I should try to fall asleep now, deleting Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are we at time-wise? 40 minutes. Um, Because that... That recording I did with Carter, our celebrity guest, has is very similar, but oh, it's really? telephone. Oh, cool. Do you want to just yeah, go ahead and listen well. to it real quick? It is on my desktop on that computer. <clears throat> so there's a conspiracy theory. Uh, it's called the Twitter voicemail theory. Um, so this guy on Twitter, he went by the name of Straight Away, and his name is Ty, and... Uh, so one day he was picking his brother up from school and uh, he got a voicemail all of a sudden and he didn't look at it immediately. He waited till he got home, listened to it, and it was the NATO phonetic alphabet and uh, just like a female robotic voice just saying like Delta, Sierra, Alpha. Sierra, Delta, Alpha, November, Gaul, Echo, Romeo, Sierra. Oscar, Sierra. Um, and then, uh, so, somebody translated it online because he posted it to Twitter. Uh, he's like, hey, I just got this voicemail. Um, what do you guys think of this? He posted just a screen cap on his phone. And uh, someone translated it to, danger, SOS. It is dire for you to evacuate. Be cautious. They are not human. Then it gives a series of coordinates, and uh, under that it says SOS, danger, SOS. And once people kind of got into it, they looked up the coordinates, and it was in uh, right next to Malaysia, right where the Flight 370 disappeared. And um, so after all this started coming out, he kept getting all these direct messages of like in different languages and stuff, people telling him to take the post down and uh, like sending him Morse code. So people took the Morse code and then they translated it and it said they are taking over 041818. But that was, it was a whole end of the world conspiracy theory, like aliens are going to take over. But that was last year, April. So that didn't happen, obviously. So that was probably someone making something up. So it got a little crazy or whatever. And uh, there was, at one point, he said three days before... He got the voicemail. There was somebody taking a picture in front of his house with a flash on at 3 a.m. in the morning. What? Yeah, just, they were like, 
he, he said he was sitting in his car, pulled up after he would left his boyfriend's house, and uh, there's just a guy dressed in all black, hoodie, like really nice camera, and just take, took one picture, walked away. What? And then, uh, what's this? We got... So the first conspiracy theory was <clears throat> that... Because you were talking about Malaysia. Have you gotten to that part yet? Um... I'm sort of getting into that. I mentioned how the coordinates were right next to where the flight disappeared. Okay. So James, ignore my stuff. <laughs> um, so later, it, it kind of it was just like a. The reason they call it the Twitter conspiracy theory is because people were coming from all over the place. Like, what if it's this? What if it's that? And uh, there's this girl named Erin who tweeted. Kind of close to the last place Malaysian flight 370 lost contact and uh, 370. In case you don't know, it was a flight that was left Malaysia, had 239 people on board the flight, and um, on March 2014, it literally just vanished. There are no pieces of the plane, no nothing, no bodies, anything. The flight is just completely gone. And uh, so after that, somebody also tweeted that it could be a black box recording. So a black box recording is when a plane either crashes, uh, loses contact, gets hijacked, basically anything bad happens to a plane, it is a unhackable, unreachable box with all the information of what happened to that flight right before it was lost. So basically it'll give you the coordinates, give you the information, and um, there's one other thing with I don't remember right now. And so uh, the last conversation that ties into this kind of is that uh, the whole... SOS, they're not human, is they had a conversation. It was the last, they released it just recently. It was the last conversation of the flight, uh, the pilot and the flight control. Who released it? Um, I don't know who really, I think it was just the Malaysian airline or the government or whatever. So once that was released, uh, it's just a normal like, hey, how are you doing? Not and so casual, but more like radio talk. Like, this is Malaysian Flight 370, blah, blah, blah. He's talking fast, organized, like any other pilot. But one thing you start noticing about halfway through when he's talking is he starts to stutter. He starts going, uh, uh. Level 350, Malaysian uh, 370. And like pausing when he's talking. And the last thing he talks, right before he talks, you hear, <gasps> And then he goes, this is Malaysian Flight 370, have a good night. And like his voice is kind of shaky. And then it just cuts off and that was it. And that was the last thing we ever heard from them. Malaysian 370. Malaysian 370, contact Ho Chi Minh 120.9. So what people think while that recording was happening when they were talking to each other is that some entity, someone, something opened up the cockpit, and it just took the pilot off guard, and he didn't know what was going on, he didn't know how to react, and at that last clip, people think that the entity reopened the door, or the flight attendant saw that the door was open, so she walked in the door, saw it, and gasped, and then he just cuts it off real quick. So everything just kind of got out of control on the whole Twitter aspect of it, so um, there was... The account that originally posted it was removed, and what? then another account appeared with the same guy's picture, but different picture, um, named Homocide on Twitter, and he, it's the same guy, um, 
I watched a conspiracy theory by Shane Dawson about this as well, and he was talking to him face-to-face via video chat, and he said he just didn't like where it was going. It was getting a little out of control, so he shut the account down himself. Oh, okay. And uh, he made a different account just to get away from it. Well, the Aaron girl that I talked about earlier who said it was really close to the Malaysian flight loss tweeted this. Can we all just agree that this isn't true? I regret ever saying this. It was literally the most far-fetched conspiracy theory and I don't even believe it. Never thought it would be hyped hyped up this much. Can everyone just relax now? Really? Yes. Just all of a sudden out of nowhere, it just completely cuts it off. And so the uh, Ty, the guy who originally posted the video, he did say that it, because the he was asked that if it was a fake, if it was a hoax, did like him and his buddies, like, oh, conspiracy theories, let's kind of make our own. But he said he was not a conspiracy theorist. He doesn't really even believe in that kind of stuff. And it was a true voicemail that actually happened, that he actually got, whether it was somebody trolling him, making it up or whatever, just because he had a few thousand followers. No, nothing like, like, oh yes, this guy will get this really big. So that's what kind of makes me think that it's not really someone just making all this up because why would they target some guy with 4,000 followers opposed to someone with 14,000 followers? Right, or 4 million. Yeah, or 4 million. It's it's a really, the reason I think it's a really neat conspiracy theory is because for a while you didn't hear anything about the Malaysia flight because they disappeared, people freaked out, and then it just got cut off. You didn't hear a single thing about it. And then, like, I was just watching YouTube and all of a sudden this rose, and I was just like, I haven't heard about this for years. Like, nobody's talked about this or anything, and all of a sudden, here's this kid who's got this recording, and then, like, people are just dismissing it completely. Like, people who are talking about it, they're like, no, I'm done with it. Like, it's not real. I don't believe it. I regret saying that. But that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So, um, he played, I'm sure you'll input in there the actual voicemail, but it's just this robotic voice, just like, Delta, Delta, all these, you know, NATO, phonetic, whatever he called it. And it's fucking creepy as shit. That's so weird. So there's a podcast that um, that we listen to called Reply All. It's a Gimlet network. Mm-hmm. And it's like all technology based. Like essentially someone comes to them like, hey, I have this thing going on that I don't understand or like this issue, but it's all technology based. And then they go like to great extremes to like try and solve these things. And it's oh, really okay. cool. But there was one where this woman kept getting phone calls and like, in the background, she would hear, like, someone at a basketball game. Like, it, it was a pocket dial. Yeah. And then sometimes they'd be at a park. And sometimes, like, just all these scenarios that would play over long amounts of time. And, really? Yeah. Same and, number? I think it was, like, an unknown number or something. I don't remember. Um, But, wait, no, it always was the same number. But it was always, like, different voices in the background. Um. And that's almost like kind of what it reminds me of, except much more intelligent. Yeah, yeah. It it was crazy, though. I'm like, well, maybe we should start adding conspiracy theories to the show. Carter's like, I'll do one once a month if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was cool. Kind of covering all the grounds. I, I'm still waiting for the day a ghost calls me or texts me on my phone. I think that'd be pretty badass. But that should do it for today, kids. Don't forget to follow us on all the social. All of them. At Oddity Files. Um, on Facebook, we have our fan group. Search for it. 
um, we'll add you to it. And then just our regular Facebook is Oddity Files as well. Horror Hound Weekend coming up. Check out whorehoundweekend.com. What am I forgetting, Clayton? You know, if you have any stories, if anything recently has happened to you or not so recent, something that you don't understand happened to you when you were a kid, um, shoot us an email. Especially if you had a ghost call you. Right. That's what I want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Um, or just drop it in our inbox on Facebook, Instagram, really anything. Yeah, anywhere. Um, and if it's even something that you don't want us to talk about on the podcast, but you just have personal questions about if we can help you, we can. Yeah. Um, if we aren't sure, we'll be honest with you because we're not going to lead you astray. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, we're not sure. I'm just um, going to put that out there. <laughs> but we might be able to help. So yeah. we'll um, we reach can. out because we're always interested in hearing about stuff like that. Yeah. Cool beans. And... Uh, just make sure you subscribe, you rate, you review. But most importantly, tell all your weird friends about us because we love them and we love you and weird is the new cool. That's right. Don't forget to get your pet spayed and neutered. <laughs>